Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. This week, I'm looking at the Lady of the Dunes. My voice sounds different this week because I have a cold. So, um, it won't stay like this permanently. It's just, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's just this week. As usual with my true crime stories, this one comes with a warning. Right at the beginning, there's going to be descriptions of wounds and mutilation. So if that's going to upset you, you can either skip it or mark the episode as played and skip the whole thing. Everyone loves the beach during the summer. Sunny weather and nice cool water. And sometimes corpses. We already looked at one beach body, the Summerton Man, in episode 34. This story is similar, but also quite different. In July 1974, a girl was at the Race Point Dunes in Provincetown, Massachusetts. She was playing with a dog from the neighbourhood when she stumbled across something that shouldn't have been there. It was a nude woman, but she looked wrong. She had been disfigured and had been sprawled out in the sand and the brush at the edges of the dunes. The girl's first thought was to tell an adult. The police were called to the beach to investigate. What they found was the body of a woman You need to skip now if you want to. It's about to get a little graphic. She had been dead from anywhere between 10 days and three weeks. She was lying face down on a green beach towel and under her head were a pair of folded Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana. It was noted that her toenails had been painted pink. Several of her teeth were missing but it was clear that she had expensive work done. Her hands were missing, and where they should have been, piles of pine needles had been put in the sand. The woman had been nearly decapitated, and the side of her skull had been crushed. The head trauma was determined to be the cause of death. She had also been sexually assaulted after death, and it's believed that a block of wood was used. You can stop skipping now. The graphic part is over. The woman could have been anywhere between 20 and 49 years old, and most likely between 25 and 35. Her hair was auburn and was in a ponytail with a glittery band. Her build was athletic and she weighed around 145 pounds and was approximately five foot six. She had also been about 15 feet from the nearest access road to the beach. This was strange, since she was estimated to have been dead for at least 10 days, and it would have been odd if someone regularly visited the beach 
and saw the same person every day. Due to the length of time between her death and discovery, there was no identification and the police had no leads. They began to refer to the Jane Doe as the Lady of the Dunes. During the autopsy, it was discovered that she had no drugs or alcohol in her system and the head wound was determined to have been caused by an object similar to a military entrenchment tool, which is a small folding shovel, sometimes with a pick to break through hard soil. In the months following the discovery, as many as 30 detectives searched the area around the scene to find clues. They didn't find anything and began to look for relatives or people who had seen the lady before her death. They could only give a vague description though, because of the lack of information about her. They could only tell them what they definitely knew, but with such a wide age range, it became more difficult. The investigators even went as far as to look at the missing persons database, searching thousands of reports in the hopes of getting some information. They found the owners of every deserted bicycle and motor vehicle in town and looked into everyone who legally had driven onto the dunes in the weeks prior to the discovery. Nothing they tried seemed to give them any clues. In October 1974, the Lady of the Dunes was buried at St Peter's Cemetery in Provincetown with a grave marker that explains that she is unidentified and was found on the Race Point Dunes. Over time, the police came up with suspects, none of whom were investigated or charged. The police were baffled that nobody came forward to look for the victim. Six years after her burial, the lady's body was exhumed. Nothing new was found and the case went cold. The body was exhumed once more in 2000 to try and match her DNA against Rory Jean Kessinger. Kessinger was an inmate in a prison in Plymouth, Massachusetts. She had escaped months before the discovery. The DNA was not a match. The Provincetown Police Chief, Jeff Duran, said that it was a horrific and brutal murder. He was the fourth police chief to investigate. He said that it would be awful for any time or place, but it was Cape Cod and Provincetown. Provincetown was known for its popularity with artists and a flourishing LGBTQ community. Murder was a reputation they didn't want. In May 2010, new facial recognition software helped forensic experts from the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children, who worked with forensic experts from the Smithsonian Institute, to create a new composite of the victim. This new composite is yet to create any leads. To this day, the identity of the Lady of the Dunes is unknown. The case is still open though, and the Provincetown Police Department are still looking for leads.
The case of the Lady of the Dunes is unsolved nearly 50 years later. The lack of evidence and leads meant that the case couldn't move forwards. A few theories have surfaced over the years, including one from Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Let's take a look. A woman from Maryland contacted her local police force in connection to the case, suspecting that the victim was her sister. Her sister had moved to Boston recently, but had vanished. Police followed the lead, looking for the missing sister, but found that the lead was inconclusive. It's possible that they're the same woman, due to the lack of evidence for the original crime. However, because of its lack of evidence, it's difficult to say. The body was exhumed to check the DNA in 2000 because of a theory that the Lady of the Dunes was actually Rory Jean Kessinger. Kessinger had been a drug dealer and bank robber before being incarcerated. She escaped prison the year before the body was found in Providence. They used the DNA of Kessinger's mother to test against the exhumed body and the results came up negative. The theory that the lady was Kessinger proved to be incorrect. In 2015, an unlikely theory surfaced. The movie Jaws came out in 1975 and was filmed in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts during 1974. Martha's Vineyard is only a few hours from Providence. Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, was watching Jaws and noticed something 54 minutes into the movie. Being aware of the Lady of the Dunes, Joe noticed an extra wearing a pair of jeans and a blue bandana. He said later that she bore a strong resemblance to the composite sketch of the woman. He wrote a blog post about it, asking whether the woman had been there the whole time, but nobody had noticed at all. He asked, what if the ghost of the Lady of the Dunes haunts Jaws? The issue with this one is that extras were often not recorded at the time, so there wouldn't be a record of who she was if she was even there. Even Joe knew it was a far-fetched theory, and said that the extra wasn't wearing the right kind of jeans in the movie. He also noticed that six other women wore the same blue bandanas in the following sequence of the film. Still, the Jaws production had attracted curiosity, with filming being around 100 miles from the crime scene and taking place not long before the discovery. Joe said that it wouldn't be a surprise if a woman spending her summer in Cape Cod decided to take a few days exploring Martha's Vineyard, especially considering the celebrities in the area. When speaking to the Washington Post, Joe said that he wasn't sure if it was his author's mind making the connection or not. The case's lead investigator at the time, Detective Meredith Loeber, said that her team follows any lead and follows up on any theory. Some people believe that the infamous Irish mob boss, James Whitey Bulger, was the killer. 
Witnesses reported seeing him with somebody matching the description of the Lady of the Dunes. Bulger had been known to take the teeth of previous victims. However, he was never formally a suspect. It could very well have been him. He was in Massachusetts in August 1974, setting fire to a school in Wellesley, so he may well have been in Providence in July, just a month before. However, there's only eyewitness accounts of him being around, and nothing concrete to go on. The final theory is that a murderer killed her, and admitted it later. In 2000, Haddon Clark confessed to murdering the Lady of the Dunes. He had been put in prison after the murder. His confession wasn't trusted by investigators because Clark was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. There was also no evidence to link Clark to the crime. Whoever killed the Lady of the Dunes got away with it. The woman's body has been buried but the truth of her murder has not been found. The case was reopened in 2019, so the evidence could be re-examined using new forensic techniques. If you have any evidence concerning the case, you can contact the Provincetown Police Department at 508-487-1212. The story from this episode came from an ATI article called The Tragic Unsolved Case of the Lady of the Dunes, a Cape Cod web article called A Shocking Crime on Cape Cod, Is This the Lady of the Dunes? and a Medium article called Lady of the Dunes. Theories from this episode came from the previous articles and a People article called the true story behind wild theory that Jaws could identify woman found almost beheaded near the beach. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree, but it doesn't open up a new email, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said, let me know and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next Creature feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode comes out on July 27th, so hold on until then. <laughs>